0: Welcome to the Foodpreneur Journey, where we uncover the stories of fearless innovators, the visionaries who've shattered the mold, and the entrepreneurs who've revolutionized the fast-moving consumer goods industry. Join us as we journey deep into the hearts and minds of FMCG's most daring pioneers, those who've redefined the game, challenged the norms, and left a mark on the world of consumer goods. Get ready to explore the extraordinary tales of those who've dared to be different, and in doing so, have transformed the way we live, eat, and thrive. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the Foodpreneur Journey podcast, powered by AccountBytes, the accountants for food and drink brands. In this episode, we chat to Claudio Owusu, co-founder of Gusto Snacks. Hi Claudio, welcome to the show. For our listeners out there, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, but more importantly, what your
1: drive is to get out of bed in the morning? That's interesting. Uh, firstly, Darren, thank you very much for having me. So again, yeah, my name is Claudio Owusu, born and raised in Italy. I spent basically majority of my lifetime over there till I was 18, As as we're speaking now. I'm um, 26. So moved to London roughly in 2013. I used to play football professionally at the time. And when I moved to London, I thought perhaps I could focus on my uh, on my football career. And uh, it was likely to also advance since this solved the land of football. But then I, I quickly realized that that wasn't going to work. Uh, so I had to actually uh, focus on my studies. And also try to basically pay my rent by working various jobs. So I worked at Tesco, and I did, uh, worked at a warehouse. did a bit of uh, cleaning jobs uh, when I arrived. I did a bit of internships as well. So from there, I decided to basically to study sports management at university. So combining my love for sports with business. At the time, my sister was studying business in Ghana. My, my whole family is based in Ghana. So she was basically working for a bank. So I said, okay, let me try and combine business with sports. At university, ended up studying sports management. During basically my last year at university, that's where sort of the business or the entrepreneurship side of me kicked in. But I I, I know that we will go more into how the business started. But I think to answer your question, what sort of drives me, uh, looking back, I've been amazed by how my life has transformed. As I said, from working at, as a cleaner, a primark, working at, in a warehouse, a Tesco night shift to wake up in the morning to go to college and also go to university. I, I've quickly realized that there's so much more to life. There's so much more that you can do as a human being and the the one thing that basically wakes me up in the morning is basically is is the ability to say okay how far i can go how far can i go and this basically continuously going through numerous challenges and saying really what is the real potential for myself so so that's the, that that's the drive i try to play an infinite game so which means essentially not it's never a win or loss situation for me but it's rather uh to say oh how far can i go and you know what, what are the boundaries that i can break amazing so before we move on, we need to talk football.
0: I'm not like, I don't let it go. <laughs> Obviously, all the listeners know I'm a big yeah. Newcastle United fan. We we need to understand
1: yeah. how close we got in, in football terms here. So yeah, so in Italy, I was basically, um, I used to play Serie C. So that was basically, so you go Serie A, Serie B, Serie C, and the yeah. team's name was Salo at the time. I'm not sure what division they're in. But I basically I used to play the under 21s and then I I moved away, came to London, but I came to London by myself. Um, I, I, was, I didn't come uh, with my mom at the time. I used to live um, in Italy with only my mom, but she was sort of tired after 20 years. So she wanted to go back to Ghana. And Italy does not allow you to sort of combine studies and work and live by yourself. Uh, so she said, okay, come to London. I heard that here students can juggle multiple stuff. So moved to London, lack of connections. You know, football is, is also about who you know. And um, slowly, when I started working, I I slowly, slowly just my performance just dwindled. I just started, started going down and uh, lack of focus and a lot, a lot of that came in. So I actually came here and started working at Arsenal as a community sports coach. So I used to work with little kids. So um, really helping them sort of develop their football skills. So uh, I still try to stay in the football uh, space. uh, But then after university, then grassroots football, unfortunately in this country doesn't pay a lot. Uh, You can make a living out of it. So I I basically had to get myself a full-time job. And yeah, then back that's how close I was. Uh, perhaps I should have stayed in Italy, but I don't. I don't know. <laughs>
0: well, we'll we'll make that decision after we we find out more about the business. <laughs> yeah. So, obviously, in your words,
1: can you describe what what your business brand does? So, essentially, Gusto Snacks is an ethical focused brand on a mission to reduce food waste through healthy and innovative snacking. And the whole concept is trying to tackle food waste at the farm level. So farmers basically are unable to sell all their produce because of aesthetic reasons. And that's something. It's a topic that is widely discussed recently, which is something I'm really glad about because that what is happening at the farm level is really outrageous. So we save these ugly fruits or rejected fruits from going to waste and we transform them into air-dried apple crepes uh, mixed with various flavors. So what the, one thing about the business is that when we started the idea, we, we we thought perhaps we could tackle the problem by transforming the fruits into juices, which a lot of companies were doing. And uh, I think Innocent is was one of them as well. Um, but we saw that that space is very much congested. So what we wanted to do, what we talked about doing was, okay, if we transform them into uh, other formats, so for example, we transform them into snacks. Nobody's actually tackling sustainability from that angle. And two, we can add uh, flavors to it to bring innovation to the category. So basically, uh, I'm not sure, Darren, if you are, if you have tried dried fruit in the past, but usually they tend to be very chewy. Yes. Uh, when you have your dried mango or you have your dried pineapple, whatever they tend to be just uh, one singular product, one singular ingredient. I'm sorry, and we said, okay, we can transform them into dried up, into dried fruit crepes, but to have to label that as crepes, then they would have to be as crunchy as your potato crepes. So that's one thing that we, tell, we, we said, okay, we could do. And also we wanted to add flavor innovation to the product. So for example, if you look at the potato crepes uh, market, they come in different flavors. So uh, salt, vinegar, you name it, various flavors. But when you look at the dried fruit crepes, the dried fruit, not, there's no flavor innovation there. It's very, very boring. So we wanted to add, uh, bring sustainability, add innovation, and also to ensure that the quality is much more advanced compared to the category.
0: Okay, perfect. Quick question on that. So when you're obviously talking about the aesthetics or the site of the rejected growth produce from farms,
1: yeah, do we know roughly sort of what what percentage would normally get rejected? So, yeah, so basically UK farmers and European farmers waste up to 28 million tonnes of food each year at the farm level. Wow. Uh, which is, is a lot. And uh, it, it's interesting because not, people don't know actually about this. The, the, generally, people know about sort of the waste that occurs at the point of contact, so at the point of sale, so from, um, from supermarkets to homes. But actually, the whole supply chain, uh, okay, there's, there's a waste occurring. So you can think of four apples, starting from farm level to actually arriving home. Basically, for every for every journey, you basically you waste half of each apple. And before you arrives home, then the, 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 the food waste that occurs at each point is, is crazy. And I mean, there, 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 are, there have been some solutions that have been presented to, to sort of tackle this problem. But I think it's much more education and trying to uh, also change the consumer's perspective on, on how to basically how to see food and how to uh, actually when you get when you go to the supermarkets, not to sort of relegate some fruits. Oh, this this apple looks ugly, so I'm not going to pick it. But actually, we need to try and give a chance to all types of fruit as, as long as as long as they are all, they are edible and they are perfectly good to go.
0: OK, perfect. So talking a little more about the food and drink sector, or the FMCG marketplace. Interest to get your opinion on what you feel is the most important personality trait, or the strength that someone would need to be able to survive or work in in the sector. We know it's a fast-paced environment. We know there's a lot of problem solving. From co-founder of a business, if you were trying to mold the perfect person to become. To become your right
1: hand man or woman, what would you be looking for? There's huge emphasis when well, I mean when we talk about FMCG uh, on sort of supply chain skills. You you must know how to move products from A to B. I think that's that's a very crucial point because doing that transaction, there's a lot of things that you have to juggle, from uh, perhaps delay deliveries, the delivery cost, perhaps uh, arranging with your with your storage partner. How much goods they, they are basically they are receiving, uh, so that's here. There's a huge emphasis on that on that on that skill. That's something that I would really love. If you want to get yourself into food, I would definitely encourage you to basically to try and hone on uh, a skill that is definitely is highly required in the in our industry. Really.
0: Okay, going back to the days when Snack Gusto was kicking off, but you call yourself a co-founder then. Now, back then, you were probably known as an entrepreneur. Someone trying to do something, trying to do something different. Every business owner, every entrepreneur loves a productivity hack.
1: Something that gives you that edge. What's yours? So it's it's, it's interesting because when we started the business, I always say this, knowing little or being naive is always a blessing because you you don't really know how much it's going to take you to actually get it done. And you always think, oh, you are perhaps one year away from becoming a millionaire that's 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 definitely untrue that that was what kept us going we thought perhaps we wanted to absorb information we wanted to learn we wanted to advance our skills and that's myself myself and also my my, uh my business partner giuseppe who's also another founder um that we that's how we we basically we 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 basically focused on so what we, we used to do is we would basically reach out to people like yourself and ask for advice uh and also try to go to network events, uh, meetings, and basically try to speak to people about it. But for, for us, really, we, we knew that it's an opportunity because both of us are from Italy. So you can already, uh, in Italy, there's a huge sort of level of racism over there, uh, being black founders. When we came to London, we saw, wow, you know, this this heaven. Uh, although some people might uh, argue that there's still a bit of racism, but it's fine. <laughs> but it was for us, we recognized there was there was a huge um, opportunity. Uh, there's a huge opportunity on this land and we didn't want to solve to let that go. So we doubled down on, on our work and things kept coming our way, really. Cool. So
0: hard, hard work, dedication oh, and graft. Exactly. <laughs> So rolling back the, the times, thinking about when you were starting up and where you are now as a business, is there anything that you look back on in reflection that you see was a success, but
1: right now or back then, you didn't expect it to be? So w- when we started a business, something that we, we did, and I'm really proud about, we didn't. We had just the idea. So when during the ideation phase, We would go to the likes of NatWest Unlimited, Santander. We would pitch the idea. We will sort of attend this startup competition and win 5,000 pounds. So we would basically accumulate all these grants with just the idea. And that goes back to opportunities, right? So it's amazing how many startup competition or grants or organizations out there that are willing to help small businesses. And we didn't have a product. So we had basically, we, I remember what we used to do is we would produce the products in our kitchen of how the dried apples are going to look like and how they are going to taste, although the quality wasn't that advanced. And on the, right, and on our, uh, on the other hand, we would basically print how the packaging is going to look like. So on the left hand you had the product, and on the right hand, you basically had sort of the, 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 the how the product is going to look like on the paper. So we would go to these startup events and pitch our idea to them, and basically they would see the packaging, we would tell them the story, and we were able to accumulate some money to actually kickstart the business. That's something that we are we I'm really proud about because a lot of companies when they have an idea they go straight to sort of raising money, uh, going straight to investors. But we really had the time to solve, to sharpen the idea, to speak to as many people as possible, to, to also sort of get feedback and improve the business model. But, and and, all, and finally, to also build brand awareness. So even when the product wasn't here, people knew about us. Well, we, our network knew about it because we were always constantly talking about it. So it really helped build that foundation. That's something, at the time, I thought we, that was a bit of... Uh, because it took us two years and we thought this is a bit too much. Perhaps we need to get a product, we need to start selling. And business is all about selling. But actually, business starts way earlier, even before selling. So building the foundation of the business is still business.
0: Yeah, completely agree. So
1: what's around the corner? What's coming next for the for the brand? So now resolute. So we basically we we are listed with a couple of hosts now we have a b2b and a d2c model so d2c you can go on our website SnapGusto, snack gusto and basically buy our products or we you can also find our products in stores so what we are trying to do now is to partner with uh, various retailers Uh, we recently partnered with selfridges so that that's basically our major retailer at the moment i would say more recognized but also, we are listed in also various sort of independent shops across London. But we, in order to get distribution and grow the business, now we are we are in conversation with other major retailers, the likes of uh, Virgin Voyage and also Amazon and a couple more. Really, that are in the pipeline. So now we are we are in growth phase, really.
0: Okay, so the exciting times is coming. Yeah, <laughs> finally. <laughs> so thinking about Claudio Dow of mm-hmm. uh, today. If you rewind the time and I appreciate it slightly different with the football aspect of it, if you were telling Claudio then that one bit of advice that you wish you had known when you started back on your journey to coming across to London, et cetera, like that, what
1: what would you be telling yourself? It's interesting because this this question, I get asked this question a lot. And every time my answer changes, and I guess it's because I'm I am i am growing. Uh, as a person, as an entrepreneur, but I think where the stage I am now and the advice that right now I have, I would say everything has a price. Everything has a price. everything in life, you know, as as little as it may seem,s as big as your dream may seem,s everything has a price, and you would, you have to ask yourself uh, how much you are willing to pay that price, or how what are you willing to give away to make your dream come true, or you know, to achieve something in life, and that's something that people don't. I think people really don't. Um, appreciate or understand um it's very easy to say you want xyz from from life at the time certainly that was that that was me i would basically sit down so i want this i want that but then uh, i will put little focus on okay what do i need to do to sort of get this done and when you you basically you come you acknowledge that and you also come to that realization that in order to achieve this i need to put in the work the time the money whatever because that's the price perhaps i would have to stay home when my friends are going out i would have to stay home and double down on this work to make sure that i actually see that's the price that is you need to pay perhaps not spending much time on your phone that's the that's another price you need to pay so yeah. uh, everything i would say the advice that I would, I would have given myself say hey things don't just come like that you need to pay a price for it okay
0: so one of our core values is we love to live so I always ask every guest, how do you learn? How do you take advice? Who who do you take it from? And if you had a friend or a colleague that was looking to go through your journey, and they're like, have you got a recommended a business book that can help us? Which ones you go to?
1: Mm, I've read uh, so many books. This book is escaping me. <laughs> <laughs> the Go-Giver. Okay. The Go-Giver. That's basically a sales book. Um, I forgot the name of the article because um, I read it a couple of years ago, but I think it has it comes in three editions there's a green, blue, and red. It talks about basically trying to, it talks about this salesman that is trying to, is cure for, is struggling to close deals, is doing whatever he can to actually to try and hit the targets without being fired. But through, throughout his journey, throughout that process, he basically sort of shifted his mindset into giving rather than taking. That's something that I've really I've implemented in my business in trying to provide value to people. Because essentially, we are determined by the value we provide. Uh, you know, Martin Luther King said, you know, not everybody can be famous, but everybody can be great because greatness is determined by service. And that's, 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 that's one advice that I would give to somebody who is listening to perhaps to become of service. Because if you become, if the more valuable you are, the more people demand of you, the more you are demanded from people, by people, the more, basically, the more you are able to put a price on your, on your service. So basically focus on trying to develop yourself and trying to add value to people's life is that once you are valuable, everybody would want you. And guess what? If you're in high demand, you can determine the price and then the money follows. Okay.
0: Thanks for that. Finally, how do people find you if they want to find out more about yourself? Obviously more about the
1: snacks and the brand. Where's the best place for them to visit? Preferred social media platform is LinkedIn. (laughs) So you can find me Claudio Owusu. The brand name is called Gusto Snacks. So G-U-S-T-O. Snacks uh, we are very active on uh, various all the social media platforms and you can also find us uh, we have our personal website uh, but uh, me personally I'm very active on LinkedIn uh, people feel free to reach out
0: yeah. cool just want to say thank you for your time today it's been great hearing your story from kicking a football round in Italy to going to London to taking this product produce and turn it into something yeah. for the whole environment thank you very much Darren
1: for having me thanks
0: Thanks for listening to The Foodpreneur Journey. You can find out more and get show notes for this and all other episodes at thefoodpreneurjourneypodcast.co.uk.